If you have your Bibles, I'll be reading from Acts chapter 2, 38 through 47. If you don't have your Bible, it will be on the screen. What would Pentecost Sunday be without reading about the day of Pentecost? Verse 38, then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall, not maybe, but you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I love how emphatic that he has no doubt He had just received the Holy Ghost a few moments before. It had never happened before, but yet there's something so powerful about the experience that he had just had in the upper room. He said, if you'll do this, you'll get what I've got. There's a confidence when you've had an encounter with Almighty God. If you'll do this, I promise you, God will live up to His Word. Verse 39 says, for the promise is to you and to your children. And to all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his words were baptized. And that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly, say steadfastly, in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together. They were together. And had all things in common. They sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple, the power of being in one accord in the house of God, breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord, not me, not a program, not, 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 not anything, not, not just a special Sunday, but the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. In the interlinear Bible, they take the closest translation as they can to what we have. And I'm going to read verses 42 and 46. They're not up there. But 42 says, And they were devoting themselves to the teaching of the apostles and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayers. Verse 46, And day after day, devoting themselves with one mind in the temple, And having meals, I love this part, and having meals from house to house, they were sharing food with extreme joy. Extreme. It's okay to be happy when you're eating. That just, I have biblical, I have a biblical, like, I can, you know what, when I'm eating food this afternoon, I can eat it with extreme joy. If it's from here, Brother Cameron, if it's from here to there, it's, it's, I can just look and say, don't worry, baby, 
this is extreme joy that I'm experiencing right now. They were eating with extreme joy. I will have a napkin, believe me. I do not like to get all messy. But they were eating with extreme joy and humbleness of the inner being. On the inside, they were humble. But on the outside, the joy of the Lord was overflowing. For the next few moments, I would like to title this message. Pentecost Sunday and beyond. Pentecost Sunday and beyond. If you're going to help me preach and you're going to say amen at least once, you may be seated. Most of you got that out of the way. So you're good to go. Let's go to the altar and we'll just go home and we'll eat with some extreme joy. The rest of you, you've got to hold on for a little moment. Pentecost Sunday and beyond. As Pentecost Sunday was drawing closer, I began to think about past promotions that I had done for Pentecost Sunday. I've, I've, I've done one to where there were two sides of the church and they were going to try to see who could have the most. And, and I didn't really think that we were actually causing division in the church by saying, you know, if you will have more, then you will get to eat first at the meal afterwards. And if you have more, then you get to eat first. And so I was creating this division, but God looked down in all of His grace and mercy. And you know what? Each side had the same exact amount. I got up and I apologized. And then, then Brother Braswell just started laughing and he said, it's amazing what division can bring in a church, even more unity. And I was like, you know what, Just God sees everything that's going on. And there was another Sunday because I was over Sunday school promotions. I was like, everybody wear red on Pentecost Sunday. I had a red suit. That's right, I did. It was double-breasted. That's just... Sister Leach, if I could fit in that suit, I'd have it on this morning. But I cannot fit in that suit anymore. I do not have that suit anymore. But I came out in a red suit and we had revival. Or at least I thought we did. Just we, you, you, you think about the promotions. And, and as I was thinking about it, I began to think of, you know what? We should have Pentecost every time we open the doors. We should experience the same encounter that they had Every single service. I can experience, you know what, I can experience Pentecost every single day. And so I begin to think about it and I begin to think, well, how in the world can I put all of that? And I thought, Pentecost Sunday and beyond. My first title, and I ran it by my wife and she said, oh, that just sounds too negative, was when Pentecost Sunday isn't enough. And she was like, oh, that could sound negative. And so I thought, okay, let's make this a little happier. And Pentecost Sunday and beyond. And so I begin to think and, and I begin to, to wonder how can I put all of this into words. And, and it's hard for me to put things into words. You've heard me preach before and you realize every once in a while I get my words all mixed up. and mixed. I just said mixed up instead of mixed up, you know. And, and, and so every once in a while, but then I thought of this story. And I thought of my grandmother. I have not thought of this story because it happened at least 15 years ago. I have not thought of it in at least probably 10 years. But my grandmother loved her preachers, especially her television preachers. She loved preachers. I personally believe that I was her favorite preacher. 
I mean, I may just, you know, have that in my mind. And, but she did tell me that I was her preacher. And so, thank you, Mom. For those that do not understand, when she says that I am her preacher in my mind, that means I am the greatest preacher that she has ever heard in her entire life. If you know something different, please don't tell me. Just allow me to live the rest of my life being Pollyanna and just everything is good and finding the, the happy side of everything. But my grandmother, if you will, I, I want you to understand a little bit about her before I tell you the story. Before COVID ever happened, before we had to have church on a, on a tablet or a phone or a computer, my grandmother would have church in her kitchen. She would get excited. She would shout and dance, if you will. Grandma knew what it was like to just constantly be in church. And so when she told me that I was her preacher, I was like, you know what? I must be pretty special. Another point of my grandmother, she had complained one time that I didn't call enough, Brother Cameron. And so what do I do? Because I'm feeling guilty and maybe Christmas was getting close and my birthday's right around in there. I called Grandma. I'm going to take you through the telephone call. Ring, ring. Hello? Hey, Grandma, it's Greg. I can't talk right now. I'm having church. And she hung up. <laughs> so now you know my grandmother. You know how she was, and you know that she loved her church. And it was in that moment, I, I look back, Brother Jack, and I begin to think, well, really was I one of her favorite preachers? Because I was on the other line, and yet she hung up on me so that she could keep having church at her kitchen table. But I look back, and, and, I, I, and I do this just to make myself feel better. She told me after that that I was her preacher, and so that means that I'm still her favorite preacher. So we were sitting there at the table and in her kitchen and she told me that the guy that was on, he was about to come on, was one of her favorites. Not her favorite because that's me, but one of her favorites. I know this because she said, I watch him every day. He's good. And I got to admit, he was good. He got excited. He made me feel better about the sweating that I do on Sunday mornings. He sweat. He, he just, he moved around. It wasn't just all kind of just, just stand. He, he was good. <laughs> I do. And so he was preaching and, and I thought to myself, man, you know, there's, there's a reason she likes this guy. There's a reason that she, that she watches him every time that he's on because, you know, I, I like it when the preacher gets excited. There's, there's something about it. I, I like when he gets behind what he's preaching and there's some, there's some emphasis about, about it. I, I, I liked what he was saying and then he got to this point in his message. And he began to do imitations of denominational ministers. He had a Baptist minister. He had a Methodist minister. He did his homework because I'm pretty sure when he did the Catholic preach, he was doing it in Latin. And I was like, man, this guy is really good. But then he decided to imitate a Pentecostal. He had all of the emphasis, especially after God. Ugh. There was a lot of that ugh, afterwards. And, and he would get excited and, and, he, and he would say, and God said. Ugh. And he, would just, he, would, he was spending time on Pentecost. There was a lot more time on Pentecostal preachers than there were on Baptist or Methodist or Catholic. I mean, he had us down, Brother Jack. 
and it got a little awkward at the kitchen table. And Grandma looks at me and says, he's not always like this. And I, you know, and I was like, well, you were just laughing at all of the other imitations. Why don't you go ahead and just continue to laugh, even though you know you could feel the awkward tension that was sitting at the table. And, and I began to, I just, you know, we just let it go. And he kept on going. And, and the people were getting excited. And they were laughing. And they were clapping. And then he made this statement. He said, I'm going to tell you why I could never be Pentecostal. And you know what? I was expecting probably what you guys are expecting right now. All of the reasons that I've heard growing up of why no one wants to be apostolic Pentecostal. I was expecting standards. I was expecting holiness separation. I was expecting because of the Godhead. I was expecting baptism in Jesus' name. I was expecting maybe even because of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I I was expecting all of those things, but none of those were the reasons. None of the reasons why I had heard all of my life of why apostolics will never have real revival or real growth because you have to loosen standards. You have to... None of that even came out of his mouth. And he qualified it before he said it. And he goes, I know this to be true because I've been in Pentecostal churches. And I'm not being negative. I'm just having fun. Because I'm remembering the tension that was at the table. Because I'm just waiting. And it felt like four days before he got to the reason. And and Grandma's sitting there waiting like, oh, please don't let it be something bad. And this is the statement that he makes. I can never be Pentecostal because they look for one day a year to let the Holy Ghost move. And I thought to myself, this man has never been in an apostolic church. I thought to myself, if you have ever experienced what I have experienced, it is not something called Pentecost Sunday that we look for one day a year. It is a day in and day out experience with Almighty God. It's when I'm at the church. It's when I'm at the house. It's when I'm at the store or the gas station. I live and breathe and have my being in Him. I want somebody to understand. I'm not looking for one day. I'm looking for every day. I want His Spirit to move. I want His power to flow. I want the Holy Ghost and so grandma just began to laugh and she just said I've been in your church and I know that that's not the case and everything was better I want someone to understand this morning that it is a whole lot more than just 50 days after the day of Easter that we're celebrating we're celebrating the beginning of the church but it was just the beginning because after that the spirit was adding to the church daily I want you to understand the same God that poured out on the day of Pentecost poured out last week and he's pouring out yesterday Yesterday, he's pouring out today. He's going to pour out tomorrow. Why? Because we're going beyond just one day. We're going beyond just one service. You can have him moving in your life right now. You can have him moving on your job. No matter where you are, I want to go beyond. 
the same God that anointed Peter that stepped out and says if you'll do this God will do this I'm preaching the same message today that if you'll do this God will do this the same healer is in the house the same power is in the house you move with it you talk with it you flow with it Telling you this morning, I want us to understand this thing that the Holy Ghost that I have, the world didn't give it to me, the church didn't give it to me. Some song, oh, I want you to understand that what I have right now, it was the presence of Almighty God that came in and gave it to me, and I feel it new and afresh every day. I don't have to wait on somebody else. I don't have to wait on somebody else to cheer. I can worship Him on my own, and I can feel the presence of Almighty God. I can pray the prayer of faith, and the sick are going to recover. Why? Because I've got the presence of an Almighty God that's living. I'm not waiting around. I'm going to operate in Him. I'm going to move in Him. I'm going to experience the power. I I was reading what other people were doing for Pentecost Sunday. And I loved this comment that this one guy said. The, the, basically, the, the post was, show me what you're doing for Pentecost Sunday. And this guy in all caps, I don't know him, but he just said, we're having church. This morning, I am here to have church. I believe that his presence is going to flow greater than it already has. I believe there are miracle signs and wonders that are in this house. I believe there are infillings of the Holy Ghost waiting to happen. I believe there are refillings of the Holy Ghost that are waiting to happen. You say, I've had it. It doesn't matter. Get it again. The presence of Almighty God. It wasn't just a one-time thing. They got it then, and then they got it again. I want somebody to understand you can have as much of this as you want. You don't have to wait on somebody to tell you. God says freely. Whosoever will, let him come. That is not just to the sinner. That is not just to the one that doesn't have the water. That's even those that have the water. Whosoever will, if you've got enough, come get some more. If you don't have enough, come get all you need. But somebody needs to understand, I can go beyond my first experience and I can have the power of an almighty God. Whosoever will. Whosoever will. When the day of Pentecost was fully come. When that moment in time. When all of the variables had come to that place. And it was ready. So that Peter could stand up and say. This is that. That was spoken of by the prophet Joel. In the last days. I am still standing here today saying this is still that that was spoken of by the prophet of Joel. Prophet Joel in the last days, he's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. That same boldness needs to be inside of us. 
we need to understand that we have the same Holy Ghost. We have the same power. We have the same anointing. We have everything that the apostles had. We have it all at our fingertips. We have it all moving on the inside of us. We don't need to sit back and take a second seat to anybody. We have the power of a living God. I'm not talking about a sign above a door. I'm talking about the Holy Ghost and power, the fire of an almighty God. That's what's going to get me to heaven, not the name on a door. I'm going to get to heaven because I've got a relationship with almighty God. And it's beyond one day. The Bible says 3,000 were added to the church on that day. But this is the part that I love. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. See, after the day of Pentecost, they were apostolic. I ask you this morning... Are you hungry enough to continue in what you first felt and go a little bit further? I don't want to just be just a one time, one and done, but I want to continue daily in the apostles' doctrine. I want to continue daily believing and preaching that you can be saved, that you can be healed. I want to continue daily in the unity of the faith, in the unity of the brethren. I want to continue daily baptizing in Jesus' name, not waiting around but oh what hindereth now what hindereth now somebody hear me we can go beyond where we are the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved Oh, this is not just a one-time occurrence, a once-a-year occurrence. I know I love to have them. The first service that we were in in, in in Kansas City was a miracle outpouring service. Everyone had prayed and fasted. But I'm going to tell you, I saw just as many miracles and outpourings happen the next Sunday as I did on that Sunday. Why? Because the presence of God doesn't need one day. It says, whosoever will, if you're hungry. If you're in need, you can have it. This morning, if you're hurting, he saves you. He can heal you. He can touch you. He can deliver you. They had the song this morning. Send it on down. Lord, let the Holy Ghost come on down. I was a young person in church, and I remember Brother Lejeune getting up. He's a ball of fire. We have the same haircut. But this guy, I have no idea how he had the energy that he had. He would run. He would roll. He would jump. But he got up from behind our pulpit, and he said, I don't want him to send it on down. And everybody got quiet. He said, I want him to bring it on out. And then he was just crazy enough to just start singing, bring it on out, 
Bring it on out. And the people, they got a hold of what he was talking about. The Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost and has been pouring out. But someone needed to understand that what's on the inside needs to start coming forth on the outside. We need to be known by what we have on the inside. I don't want to be known by the name on a door. I want to be known by the power that flows out of the doors. I want to be known by the mercy that we show. I want to be known by the love. I want to be known by the power of Almighty God. I want to be known. Brother Wright, I want more testimonies like yours that says, before I ever came in the doors, I could feel it. In the park, he told me he would just come by, and he's probably told others he would just come by just so he could feel it. And then he started people pulling the driveway, and it was in it was out there in the parking lot that God let him know this is. I want more testimonies like that. I want the power of God to flow out of here like a river. I want it to go beyond these four walls. I want it to go beyond the parking lot. I want it to move. I want it to move. It's got to go beyond. And I'm telling you, it's the same God. That added 3,000 in one day is the same God that is in this house. Miracles, signs, wonders, salvation. It's here. But bring it on out. I want to act like I'm apostolic. I want to act like I'm apostolic. You know what it's like to be apostolic? It's Peter and John. They haven't even got inside the doors yet. And they see a man that's been lame from his mother's womb. And he's walking up. And in Acts 2, they had given away everything that they have. This makes Acts 3 even more powerful. In Acts 2, they gave away everything. Sold it, gave it away. If you were poor, if you needed it, they made sure you had it. In Acts 3, he says, hey, silver and gold, have I none? But let me tell you what I do have. <sighs> oh, when I started reading that they gave away everything, and then I started reading that the next day they said, silver and gold, have I none? But such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. I want to be apostolic that no matter what I don't have, I've got the power of the living God on the inside of me. There may be a lot of things I don't have, but I've got the anointing that's flowing on the inside of me. You've got the power. All you've got to do is say in the name of Jesus Christ. And immediately strength came into his ankles and everyone that was around saw him praising and leaping. That's right, Sister Leach. They saw him praising and dancing and leaping. He hadn't even got in the door yet. But such as I have, 
I want somebody to understand that there is a such as I have moment that's waiting on you at Quick Trip. There's a such as I have moment waiting on you in the middle of Walmart. There's a such as I have moment waiting on you in the middle of your job. Don't tell me it can't happen. It's already happening. We've already had testimonies. We've already had it. Sister O'Brien's already told us in Walmart the lady came up and said you're Pentecostal. Will you pray? I'm telling you, we can go beyond where we are. We've got a power. We can be apostolic. This is that. But such as I have, give I thee. See, they gave away the things that were going to hinder them. Without, without that Acts 2 moment, would there have ever been an Acts 3 moment? Silver and gold have I none. It's amazing how the Bible just kind of flows together. It's not just a bunch of different books. No, it flows. And you see everything that's happening. I'm just so excited because I know that there's more to come. I know that there's a moment coming that we're going to stand and we're going to testify. Oh, I wasn't even on a 50-day, 70-day, whatever day fast. I was just looking. My mind wasn't even on. I was just trying to get through the grocery store. I was just trying to find something on the empty on the empty shelves. And someone came up to me and said, I'm broken. Can you can you?" pray I feel something different and you're going to look at them and you're going to say I don't have anything but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus cancer's got to be healed in the name of Jesus diabetics have got to be healed in the name of Jesus depression has to go in the name of Jesus Come on, lift your hands right now. Lift your hands right now. God is trying to talk to somebody. God's trying to let you know there's a power in your hands. It may have started on on Pentecost, but oh, it's flowing still today. It's flowing still today. One of my favorite stories. His name is Brother Gary. He was in a Taco Bell. Taco Bell. You all know what those are, right? They are not the sanctuary of Almighty God. In fact, they may make you pray for the help of Almighty God. But he was standing in the middle of of Taco Bell and someone began to talk to him about the love of God and Brother Gary just basically said I talked to him for a few moments then I said do you want the Holy Ghost and he didn't say let's go to the church (laughs) no he just said lift your hands repent lift your hands and God's going to God filled that guy with the baptism of the Holy Ghost right in the middle of Taco Bell because such as I have. 
such as I have. Don't tell me it can't happen. Don't tell me it won't happen. In the last days, saith God, I will, I will, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. It's coming for your sons. It's coming for your daughters, for the handmaidens and the servants. They're going to prophesy. You better get ready. Someone you've never thought is going to speak into your life. Why? Because they're under the unction of the Holy Ghost. It's the power. It's the power. It's the power. In the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit. Not on a select few, but upon all flesh. If you have flesh on your bones, it's for you. Upon all flesh. I want us to understand when I was reading that scripture about that your your servants and, and your handmaid, they, they are going to be they're going to prophesy. Perhaps, just perhaps, they had looked at themselves as a little less than the apostles. But Joel said, you're going to prophesy. I need someone to understand you don't need a preacher for you to speak a word of faith. Don't, 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 don't put your head low and say, oh, I can, oh, yes, you can. You've got the same power on the inside of you. You've got the same power that Peter had, that John had. You've got the same power flowing through you. It's the power of Almighty God. It's the power of Almighty God. And he's just waiting on somebody to say, such as I am. I am so ready for the testimonies that someone's going to say, you know, I believed what you were preaching on Sunday. And I was in the middle of Schnucks or Save-A-Lot or Walmart, wherever it is that you go. Gas station. We probably stay away from the gas stations nowadays. I mean, I don't want to get depressed. I just stay away from the gas stations. But I was in the middle of the store, and they came up to me. I'd never seen them before. But something on the inside of me quickened and said, speak this to them. And I just stepped out in faith and said, you know what? God loves you. I'm waiting on those moments to happen because there are so many broken people that are surrounding us. There are so many broken people every single day and we are the only hope that they have. We are the only hope because we have the power of Almighty God on the inside of us and that's why I say bring it on out. Bring it on out. I am going to preach it until you believe it. That they're coming home. I am going to preach it until you believe it. I'm going to preach it until you shout about it, until you dance about it. They won't even be in the house yet, but I'm going to preach it because someone's got to believe that your family is coming home, that your family is going to be restored. I want you to hear me. There is power in your hands. There is power in your voice. And if you'll get unified in spirit and not 
not worry about everybody else and just say, God, I've got to get a hold of you. I'm not trying to make everything right. You've got to get your spirit right and get it lined up with him. And God will bring revival in your home. God will take you beyond where you are. God will save them. God will restore them. God will heal them. battling something right now but I want you to understand that God knows your spirit God knows your spirit and he knows your thought process and in the name of Jesus right now if you will make it right with him, he will answer the prayer. We are the only thing sometimes, and I'm telling you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I've fought it. I've warred against it. But in the name of Jesus Christ, if you will get your spirit right, he will supply your need. He will answer your prayer. He will bring them home. He will restore them. But there's got to be unity in the body. We've got to continue steadfast together. And in the name of Jesus Christ I speak healing to your life I speak healing to your spirit oh he wants to move through you oh can we stand I'm going beyond I'm going beyond I'm going beyond take this lightly I don't say it lightly but there will be a church whether you're a part of it or not I'll take it a step further there will be a church whether I'm a part of it or not because it's not about me He's coming back for a bride that has made themselves ready. And the Bible says that they continued steadfast, devoted, devoted to the apostles' teaching. Devoted to it. They were devoted. There was something about it. And not just once, but it says it twice. Twice it says that they were devoted. There's a broken family that's waiting on you. There's a broken home that's waiting on you. The Bible says that many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. And what I found as I was beginning to study this is that it really, it literally means that it will be a distinguishing mark when it says that miracle signs and wonders will follow them that believe. Follow them means they will be distinguished by. I ask you this morning, what are you distinguished by? What do people know you by? 
I told the story of my grandmother simply because that's, that's how I knew Grandma. Brother Jack and Sister Charisse, Teresa, they knew Grandma. I think they may have known the mean side. I knew that side too. <laughs> there were things about Grandma that I knew, like she could not make tea for anything. When you grow up in Louisiana, you're supposed to just be able to basically cut off a piece of it and chew it because it's so sweet. <laughs> Grandma's tea was just basically dirty water. There were things that I just knew about Grandma. There were certain cups I loved, and I knew they would be there. When we would come up, there was always, I just knew there were certain things that just distinguished her to me. And one of the things was her being at her table, praising God and having church, no matter who was around. Her Bible would be out. She'd have multiple Bibles. She had the linear Bible that started at the beginning and went all the way through. She had a commentary Bible. They, they, would, they would just be all out. She would just be into what was going on. She was distinguished by it. That's how I knew Grandma. I also knew a little bit of the mean side. We were camping, and there was this girl that came up that I didn't really want to talk to, and I was hiding. She knew I was hiding. And the girl comes up and says, have you seen? And she goes, oh, yeah, he's inside, knocked on the door. You hateful woman. <laughs> but I also knew the other side, that when I was broken, she wouldn't say anything negative to me, but she came to me. One of the last things that she said to me, she took me by my shoulders and she looked me in the eye and she says, there's my preacher. She was distinguished by that. When you look at your life, what are you going to be distinguished by? Is it going to be by the smile that you have for everyone? Is it going to be by the constant words of encouragement? Is it going to be by the joy of the Lord? I'll tell you what Bethel's going to be distinguished by if I have anything to do it, to do with it. Bethel's going to be distinguished by they know how to pray. Bethel is going to be distinguished by a place that I can feel the grace of Almighty God. See, we're going to go beyond what everybody else, we're going to go beyond it and we're going to be distinguished by that's a place where healings happen, spiritual and physical. That's a place where salvation flows. That's a place, that's a place where I can find Jesus Christ. Every head bowed and every eye closed, please. Daily they were devoted to the apostles' doctrine and teaching. That is the same teaching 
that Jesus said, go and make and teach. That's what they were doing. And the Lord added to the church daily. 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 It's not about a number. It's about a soul. This morning, if you are in this house and you do not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it's Pentecost Sunday. You might as well get it today. You can repent of your sins and that's simply having every intention of going a different way. It's not hard. In fact, I'll make it easy. We're all going to do it together. With every intention, you say, God, I'm sorry for everything. And then you can ask Him to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And in one moment, He will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. It's that easy. And then you can go beyond here and experience the newness of life. Maybe you've been in this a while and you've forgotten why you really got in this. You've forgotten about the joy and the peace of the Holy Ghost. You've been distracted. And you just say, God, I want a fresh touch. I need a fresh move of your spirit. I told God this morning, I need you to touch me and fill me afresh and anew. This isn't beyond anyone. You never get so so full of the Holy Ghost that you don't need more. If you need a miracle in your life, He will heal you this morning. He will strengthen you this morning. He will restore you this morning. Because the same God that had miracle signs and wonders is in this house. And He's operating through you. Would you lift your hands with me right now? We're going to pray and we're going to repent together, God. There is nothing good in me. But God, I come before you according to your word. And you said to repent. And that is every intention of turning around and going another direction. I'm asking God that you would forgive me of all of my sins. That you would forgive me of all of my sins. And God, I'm going to expect the infilling of the Holy Ghost to flow in my life. Would some of you come around the front right now? Would you come around the front? God's going to fill these boys with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Not only that, but they've got sickness in their body that only God can heal. I'm going to believe for it this morning. Would somebody just with his body begin to come around? We're going to pray. God's going to fill with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You can have whatever you need because we're going to go beyond these four walls. We're going to go beyond Pentecost. And we're going to have 